Amen. Let's thank God for Jeremy and the team. David, Sam, are you there? Hopefully uh, tonight, I hope that that is our prayer, that God will take our life and that we will fully surrender it over to him. Well, we're in this series of the Ten Commandments, the Maker's Instructions, and tonight you can find me in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 5 where we will pick up the fourth commandment. Deuteronomy chapter 5, there where we'll pick up the fourth commandment. We've had a great little run. Last week we talked about this whole idea of the name of Christ and how we wear this name and how at every moment of the day we have an opportunity to represent the name of Christ well or to misrepresent the name of Christ. Um, uh, Scott did a great job of talking about this whole idea of the images and not uh, carving out images that we create to be God and talked about icons. And uh, Dr. Waybright opened the series up when he talked about this idea of not having any other God before us. So tonight we begin to open up the dialogue about Sabbath and how we keep it holy, how we remember this Sabbath. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Verse 12, and it reads, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do, you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey, <clears throat> no problems there, or any of your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates, that you, your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. <clears throat> Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day belongs to the Lord. It was a commercial when I was growing up that was really, really popular. It, it opens up with this woman, and she's in this, what, what, what would appear to be this chaotic, chaotic house. Uh, the kids are crying in the background. Bells are whistling. The TV is running. The phone is ringing. It seems like everything is all of a sudden happening at once. The, the, the oven is, has food on it, and it's beginning to cook over and spill over, and, and, the, and the oven timer is going off, and kids are crying even louder, and everybody's screaming, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. And then it goes to this dramatic, this overwhelming scene where the mom grabs her head and says, Cow gun, cow gun, take me away. And then she ends up in a tub somewhere or something. Uh, I remember that commercial uh, growing up, and it was such a vivid picture because it basically just talked about and gave this descriptive, uh, this descriptive uh, image of what her life was like. And as I look at that woman and as I think about the complexities of that moment in that 30, 60-second spot, uh, I can't help but look at our lives today and how many times we live our lives uh, in, in, in life, uh, uh, someone, someone said life is kind of like an onion. Uh, you, you spend your days peeling off the layers only to get to the end and find like there's no, to find out there's nothing left. And many times we run our lives and we go and we go from class to work to date nights to church trying to get a date uh, or to, you know, just just all these different things. Honestly, I had a lady today. I mean, no joke. This is, has nothing to do with Jesus. But I had uh, this 
this lady said, I, you at warehouse? This, this is a beautiful, sweet older lady. She said, yeah. She said, yeah. She said, yeah, you know, I've, I've been telling my neighbor to go there. I've been telling him because, because he's looking for a girl. And, uh, and, uh, and I just told him to go to warehouse. He'd probably have a better chance because she was leaving like the 9 a.m. service. She was like, you probably have a better chance to find a girl if you go to that service. And then she, and then she was like, don't you think? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> She's like, I don't think anything's wrong with that. And I was like, hey, well, okay. So if he's here tonight, um, why don't you stand up? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so warehouse, hey, we need to get a little poster made, a place where you can meet girls. But um, back to Jesus. Meanwhile, back home on the ranch. Um, so so it, it's this idea of many times our life is so busy and it's so active. And tonight I want us to literally pause and consider what if God has another plan for our life? Even the work that we're doing that's in his name, even the work that we do unto him. What if God has a different rhythm for our life? Tonight I want to propose something that probably goes extremely, every time we're up in this room, I hope that I'm saying something that probably goes contrary to, to what's normal or to the way of the world. But tonight, I really want to propose something that goes totally countercultural, even in our Christian society. This is one of those commandments that, that, that Christians even, it's even looked over with Christians. For the next few moments, as I make this case and as I build this case, according to the scriptures that I see, uh, I, I want you to begin to think about Could it be that God has a different plan for my life? Could it be that God would want to speak to you tonight concerning your life and your Sabbath with him? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much. God, the words of the song ring true. Take our life. Because at the end of the day, God, our life belongs to you. God, we say stuff like we present our bodies a living sacrifice, and we, we say stuff that like we're fully committed to you. We, we say these, 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 these empty words so many times with some of the greatest intentions, but tonight I pray that we can push pause and really consider our confessions of faith tonight. That if all of our life belongs to you, God, challenge us concerning our responsibility and our stewardship with the life that you've given us. God, I pray that you would speak to us in a very special way, because tonight, God, I, I speak as one who is just as guilty as anyone else who may be in this room today. Physician, heal thyself, I hear ringing in my head tonight. So, God, as you speak tonight, may you even tune my ear, the preacher, <laughs> to this commandment that's so dear to your heart. Help us to all respond according to your will tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Honestly, there are Christians who don't even think that there are Ten Commandments anymore. There, there are those who say there are really nine. I mean, come on, Sabbath? Are you kidding me? I, I mean, are you serious? Is that even relevant today? Did that even make it past the New Testament? Dude, that would make it past Malachi. That's done. That's out there. That's out with the ox and the, and the turtle doves. That's, that's gone. That's not relevant anymore. You got that school of thought. And then you have this school of thought that says, oh, yes, it's very relevant. As a matter of fact, it's so relevant that on Sundays, you should do absolutely nothing. I remember growing up, I grew up in a holiness church, and I remember we, we slowly drifted away from it, but I remember when in my younger days, there were certain rules, man, on Sunday. They're just things we didn't do. You didn't work on Sunday. 
It was ungodly to work on Sunday. You didn't go out. Uh, you, you didn't go out. You didn't wash your car on Sunday. You didn't iron clothes. You had to iron all that stuff on Saturday because Sunday was the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath, you don't do anything but go to church. And that's it. The, the rules were strict. I remember when restaurants in Mississippi, I still remember when restaurants and places, when businesses, when the mall started staying open on Sundays, it was like, ooh, Mufasa. You know what I mean? It was like, it's like, it's not something that you're supposed to do. It's like, no, no, bad, bad. Say it again. Ooh, Mufasa. You know, so it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, it was terrible. So you got this school of thought that says, you know what? It doesn't even matter anymore. It's, we're so beyond that. We're so beyond the law. So cool. And then you got, there's this camp that says, you know what? It's still such a law. As a matter of fact, if you don't commit this law, if you don't, if you, if, if it's so, it's so important that you shouldn't do anything. You shouldn't work. You shouldn't go out and play, play golf. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do it. You should really stay home and just read and stay focused. You shouldn't cook. You shouldn't do anything. Well, like most things in scripture and like most interpretations and like mo- most things when it comes to Bible, the, the medium is found, uh, the, 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 the resolve is found in the happy medium right there in the middle. It is still important. It is significant. And there are indeed ten. Ten commandments. However, a lot of the rituals that the children of Israel had and that the Jews had during that time don't apply to us necessarily today. So a lot of the rituals that came with that law are are irrelevant. A lot of the rituals that came with that commandment. However, God still does indeed have a plan for how our life is structured. See, because friends, this isn't something for us. These commandments aren't, aren't a list of rules for us to live by. But the book of Deuteronomy, it closes by saying these things uh, I've given you so that your life may be well. So this isn't like God's 10 things, top 10 things to do or or else I'll kill you. You know what I mean? It's not like do this or hell. You know what I mean? It's more so of I designed you. I'm the maker and creator. I am the author and the finisher of your faith. I design you and I know what it takes for you to work well. I know what it takes and I know what's required for your life to go well. I know what it's required for us to live in perfect harmony and for you to live in my divine will. And I know what's required. And here are some things that will, if you follow these instructions, it will go well for you. This is for your benefit. The Sabbath isn't for God. Sabbath is for us. So knowing this, we need to approach this subject very, very, very honestly and very openly, recognizing that our culture has just run amok when it comes to scheduling as our life. Many of us are looking at the clock now. We're in here, but we've got a whole list of things we got to do before Monday morning. Even tonight, we've got a whole schedule of things we got to do. And then Monday, and our lives just run, just run. And we go all week, starting early Monday morning from the gym to the kids, to homework, to school, to, 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 to work, to after hour stuff, to commitment, to service, to projects and all that. And we just kind of go and go and go and go and go. And what I'm saying is tonight, we got to press pause and look at the scripture because I'm convinced that God says, I have not designed you to live like that. It's not how I've designed you to go. Even in creation, he set a precedent. He set a pattern. He set a, a rhythm for our life. He says, six days I work, but on the seventh day I rested. Now, this wasn't a rest out of frustration or tired. God didn't need a break. He wasn't in desperate need of a Red Bull. He didn't need to get wings. He already had those. He came with those. You know what I mean? Not necessarily, but whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> So it wasn't idea, but he, it's, it's, it's almost as if he's setting a pattern. He's saying, that I, and this is how you shall live. It says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. That word holy there, basically the essence, the core of that means to keep it separate. So have a day that doesn't look like the other six. 
Have a day, ha- have a day that's not the same and doesn't require the same intensity and the same level of stress as the other days. Have a day that looks different from the other six. He says, work hard six days. Work hard. Invest. Do all that you need to get done. Work hard for six. But on the seventh, have a day that looks different. It says, remember that day and keep it holy. Have a day to hit reset. Have a day to start over, to exhale, to be restored by the hand of God and with the breath of God. Have a day where that it doesn't look like the other day. Have a day where you can come off and breathe and be restored. Depression in our society and our community is at an all-time high. Anxiety is at an all-time high. Medication, shoot, I wish I designed a medication for stress. I'll be rich right now. I'll also be really a lot smarter than I am. But, you know, it's like I, I, I wish I wish I came because that's all we do for everything that's happening in our life. Man, we take a pill. They got a pill for everything. You sleepy, take a pill. Wake you up. You, t- you can't go back to sleep. Take a pill. Go back to sleep. You know what I mean? They got I mean, they got all kind of they got the purple pill, the green pill, the, you know, you know, they got all kinds of pills. You know what I'm saying? Let's just say whatever problem you have, they got a pill to fix it. And we live a life where now everything is we're operating off this system of pills. Keep us going. Keep us going. You know, what I, and I'm saying God didn't design us to live that way. He's saying the society, my culture, my children, you're running fast the other day, uh, the other way. You're trying to find and trying to grab American dreams. You're trying to do well on your job, trying to do all things and become all things to all people, but not at this, not for the sake and not at the compromise of your life and your well-being. It's almost as if he's saying, work hard for six and take one day off. And if you don't listen to me, eventually the doctor will tell you. Eventually your body will tell you. One of the hardest things is, my parents are part of the baby boomer generation. One of the hardest, hardest things is to see some of my aunts and some of my uncles who have worked hard all their life. My, my, my father and a lot of, a lot of my uh, people that grew up in my culture and in my generation, uh, in, my, in my parents' generation, the men had this idea, well, we just work. We just work nonstop. We just work all the time. And that's a sign of our, ugh, our manhood. Arr, you know, whatever that means, you know. Nothing about my manhood says growl. You know what I mean? But hey, but, but you know, it's like we work hard. We don't take breaks. We just go. We just go and go. And nothing more sad than to see them hit 60, 61, and 62. And to see their bodies, man, just falling apart. It's kind of going downhill. I can't help but wonder. God, is that you saying, work six, take one off? See, because God set a rhythm. He set a pattern for our life. There's a pattern and there's a rhythm that he's designed for our life to go by. He has a vision. He has a plan for our life. And there's a syncopation. There's a rhythm that comes with this thing. God has designed our life with the rhythm. There's a flow. There's a rhythm to our life. And God is saying, you got to stick with the flow. you got to stick with the pattern. Work six off one. Work six off one. And in that rhythm, in that pattern is health, wellness, and all the prosperity that you need. Not to get Bentleys and big houses, but that, but, but that your life may go well, that it may go well with you, that you may be in a healthy communion with me and that you'll be in a right place, a right standing, a righteousness. Remember the Sabbath and keep it different. Keep a day so you can stick with this rhythm and this pattern that I've designed for your life. I've developed a pattern for you to be able to live. Keep the rhythm. Keep the rhythm. We've gotten off this rhythm. Because, hey, we got work. I got homework. I got papers due. Man, when you talking about some Sabbath, I got papers due. I got Dr. Sabbath's class next week. You know what I mean? It's like, how in my life, are you crazy? The creator says there's a rhythm. 
as a pattern. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like dancing. Anybody like to dance? Raise your hand. Anybody like to dance? I'm not going to call you up to dance. All right. Actually, I might. But it's, it's like one of my favorite songs. Me and my wife, we love this song. Have y'all ever gone to like a club? Not a club. I'm sorry. Like a, um, to like a wedding. Yeah. Thank you. Nice save. Nice save. All right. To like a wedding. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, 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 and you all, and you see this couple and they're all into it and the song has changed, but they still keep moving to the same beat. You know what I mean? You know that corny couple in the corner? That was me. Come here, baby. This is our, one of our favorite songs. This is, this is Al Green. How many of y'all like Al Green? Oh, come on. I said, how many like Al Green? You know, you know, Al Green was a preacher, right? This song right here is Let's Stay Together. And me and my wife, we hear this song, boy. It's all right with me. And we get to go, boy. And something happens. When you get in this rhythm and in this motion, it's like everybody else in the room disappears. That's a good time to bring the lights down, guys. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, hold on. Now, what happened to that? All right? Let's try it again. Let's go back to Al Green. All right? Let's go. Let's try it again. Let's try it. All right? All right. When you get together, everybody else in the room disappears. Everybody just go away. Fade to black. Turn the lights down. Where them candles at? Bring the candles, all right? I said again, I'm so in love with you. Lord have mercy. God, I bless you. Notice that although the music changed, our rhythm had changed. Because there's something going on on the inside that still got us rocking to the same beat. Lord, have mercy. That, that, there's something about the beating of our hearts that hadn't changed, although the DJ has messed up the vibe in the room. You know what I mean? All right? We're still rocking. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, God has set a rhythm. It's six and one. It's six and one. It says, work hard six and take a day for yourself. Work hard six and commit to God and remember that. Work hard, but take a day that's different. Take a day that fits you. Now, the problem is, in our culture, our rhythm is set, Right? But then we listen and we got one groove going, but then the music change. So they go to da-da-da, and then we start doing, oh, huh, huh, huh. and then, 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 then. But what God is saying, don't go, don't go according to the rhythms of this world. Because the rhythms of this world will have you going from one song to another song, from fast to slow to crazy. He says, if you follow the rhythm, if you try to keep up with the DJ of the world, you will never, ever keep up. You'll find yourself, thanks, babe. Give her a hand. Lord, have mercy. All right. He says, don't try to keep up with the DJs of this world because you find yourself always running, always going, always out of breath and never really catching up. He's saying, establish and find the rhythm that I've set for you. And regardless of what happens around you, keep that rhythm. Keep that rhythm. Regardless of how much the work adds up and how much overtime they're trying to give you. He says, keep the rhythm. Because this is, what, this is what's healthy for you. If you try to keep up with the changing times and with the changing rhythms and the changing beats of the world, you will never, 
ever be able to keep a pace. Because the music is always changing. It's always going from one song to the next. There's always something else for you to do. It's almost like people call and you got a blank, you got an opening on your calendar and you don't have nothing to do. And you was excited about that. But then people call and say, you got something to do? You'd be like, no. Let me put something right there then. Let's go somewhere. It's like if there's a blank space, we want to fill it. We don't want to keep the rhythm that God has set. And what I'm saying is God has designed us with the rhythm in mind. Now, your rhythm may not look like my rhythm. And my rhythm may not look like your rhythm. You may work in landscaping all week long and work in, work in the yard and do flowers and stuff all week long. And I work in the office all week. So on my Sabbath day, putting my hands in dirt may be attractive to me. However, nothing can be further from the truth, actually. But... <laughs> But 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 it, it could be to where on my Sabbath, I just want to go and dig in the ground and plant flowers. And you think, man, I'm not working. That's work to me. It's a beautiful thing. It's not legalistic at all. The Sabbath isn't for God. The Sabbath is for us. So I'm not about to go down a, pat, a pattern and a flow of rules for you to follow. And you can't do this and you can't do that. It's not a matter of that. It's a matter of you finding an opportunity to where that seventh day looks different and you take time to hit reset. We said, how many of y'all have a, uh, how many of y'all have a trio? A trio, trio. Raise your hand. Be proud of the little trio. It's nice. All right. Good. Okay. All right. Check it out. I used to have a trio too until I upgraded to an iPhone. Amen. How many, how many Mac people in the house? Apple, Apple in the house. All right. Parenthetically, did y'all see the, the, uh, his, his, uh, speaking thing this past, this past Tuesday? The iPhone is, I'm starting to worry. It's almost like the Antichrist because it's, I mean, I'm serious. I, I'm, I have to pray about it because the phone does everything. You know what I mean? This sermon I'm preaching, it's not even me. This is the iPhone. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's totally, Steve Jobs is the man, right? I, but I used to have the trio, and after having the trio for like a year, the trio, it, it, it did this thing, and no offense to trio carriers. I, I love y'all. Much love, much love. But I used to have to, because I was on my phone so much, I used to have to reset it like every other day. I would have to take the battery out the back and do a hard little reset because I would go and go and go and talk on and talk on and text message and text message and email and email and email. So it'll just freeze. I mean, that bad boy just gets stuck. That happened to any trio people? That happened to, see, that's what I'm talking about. iPhone, dog. I, got a, I know a dude at the barbershop give you one for 250 You know what I mean? But that, did I say that on the mic? I'm sorry. We'll talk about that later. This is a Christian, though. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, back home on the ranch with Jesus, um, I used to always have to have reset because it was just overused and, and I would use it and use it and it would just freeze up and it would just get stuck. And it would be so frustrating because you have to do something and it's frozen. You got to pick the battery out. Long story short, maybe our lives are kind of like that. What if God has given us this rule and, and, and given us this, this commandment, given us this, this idea and this concept because he knows that our life was designed to be reset on a regular basis. And that if we go, and if we go, and if we go, without resetting on a regular basis, maybe we don't freeze. But what happens to us? Many of us know what it's like to be burned out, to be worn out, to be tired, and to never get over it. I mean, to be tired and to just stay tired. And then to be stressed, but having to live with it, having to deal with it, always going, 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 never having time for love, never having time for healthy relationships, never having time for yourself and never having time for God. It's as if our life and the pace keeps going and going. 
and we just freeze. Maybe not physically because we're still walking and we're still talking and we're still going, but maybe we freeze emotionally. Or even worse, maybe we freeze spiritually. Whereas that passion used to be great and that hunger and that thirst for God and knowing more, maybe now it's frozen. We find ourselves stagnant in our relationship with God. We stand our, find ourselves stagnant really in our emotion, in our, in our, in our passions, in our purpose, because we've gotten so busy doing, we've lost the time to reset, find that love and that hope. As I close, I just want to read a couple of scriptures, and I want you to hear what God says to us. Hear what God says to us in Matthew chapter, in, uh, in Matthew chapter six. Verse, verse 25, listen to this, listen to the words. These are the words of Jesus as he speaks. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, know about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? I love this part. He says, look at the birds, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. What he's saying is birds ain't even got a job. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a singular hour to to his span of life? In other words, he's saying those of you who are just stressed out and anxious. How many of you experience high levels of stress in your life? Just raise your hand. Listen to what he says. My hand is raised too. He says, are you not more, he says, and which of you by being anxious can add a singular hour to his span of life? In other words, he's saying like Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? Those of you that are stressed out, he says, it doesn't add not an hour of the day to your life. It benefits you in absolute no way. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither uh, toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, mm, he says, if I can take care of the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow thrown over into the oven, will, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you have need of all them. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be, will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He's saying, while you spend this life in this high pursuit of things, and when you spend this life being anxious and worried about this and worried about that, don't you know that I'm God? Don't you know that I will take care of you? If I watch over the birds, I'm going to watch over you. If I clothe the grass, if I provide for the grass, which is living the day and dead tomorrow, don't you know that I will provide for you? For those of us that feel as if we got to work 60 hours a week or, or keep working the work and the work so we can provide, so we can have more, so we can get more, so we can give more. He's saying, don't you know I'm going to provide for you? Don't you know I will take care of you? If I take care of the birds, if I take care of the grass, my son, my daughter, I will take care of you. Oh, ye of little faith, believe in me, trust in me, rely on me. I offer to you today 
this godly rhythm. Six and one. Work hard for six days and make one holy. Make it unique. Make it different. God has a plan for your life. He has a rhythm. His rhythm may not be Al Green. You may not be down with that. But his rhythm, it's playing. He has a rhythm for your life. Tune your life to that rhythm. Tune your life to that rhythm. As Jeremy, as they come, we want to go into a little time of, of prayer. Everyone, you received a bulletin today. If you would take that out and look at it, on the back of that is a little calendar. As you get it out, I want you to look at those blank spaces. This is the month of March. And I want us to do a very spiritual and a very practical exercise. For those of you that have those trios in the room or, or if you carry around a day planner, I would encourage you to get those out. I would encourage you to get those out. If you have your method of organization with you, your calendar, your Blackberry, or your little, your, your little, your little calendar, I, I would encourage you to pull those things out. If you've got it on your trio, I would encourage you to pull those out. You've heard my words, and my prayer is that you've more so importantly heard the words of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment. How does a sermon like this play out in your life? With your head bowed, just for a few moments, with your eyes closed, I want you just to think about that. Albert, yeah, that sounds really cool, but you have no idea what my schedule is. Yeah, Albert, that sounds like a real great way to live. Maybe I can live like that when I get older and retire. But as for right now, man, I got so much stuff to do. Let me be the first to say, this rhythm ain't easy. If it was easy, hey, everybody would be doing it. But I'm glad we serve a God that doesn't just call us to easy stuff. But he calls us to necessary stuff. Friends, as you think about your life, let me tell you, contrary to popular belief, this commandment is not optional. This isn't some great suggestion that we're offered in the scriptures. This is a commandment. Question is, what will it take to get your life meet the standards of this commandment. I'm the first one in line tonight to take this challenge. All weekend long I've been wrestling with God what is what day is that? Can't be Monday because I have that. Can't be Tuesday because I have that. God what day is that? For the next few moments I challenge you. Being led by the Holy Spirit I want you to go through your days go through your weeks And seek God about your rhythm. What's my day, God? What's my day to reset? What's my day? God, even hearing Albert talk about that, man, it sounds like a beautiful way to live. But can I, even I, can I live like that? 
God, you know what I'm up against. You, you know the scheduling. You know the stuff that I've got on my plate. You know the people that are counting on me. God, can I, can I get a, a day for me? Even that mom that's in the room, and I, 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 I can hear your frustration. Yeah, I get a day just with the kids. Even you, mom. Even you, mom. You gotta have a day. How can we work together as a community? How can a, a mom take the kids on, on, on your day and, and return the favor and so that you can offer another mom the Sabbath? Friends, we can do this. This is God's plan for our life. God has called us to live this way. This is his vision. So for every vision, he provides provision. Trust him. Trust him. Come unto me. All ye that labor, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Come unto me, one day out of seven. Come unto me, come unto me. Other days we're connected with God. There's no question we have a relationship with him. But there's one day that's just about you. Reset. 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 As Jeremy and the team lead us in the time of worship. I challenge you. Stare at that calendar. Look through that phone. And ask God, what's my day? What's my day?